What is up, everybody? My name is Ryan Atkinson, and you are listening to The Business Cloud, where we talk entrepreneurship, tech, leadership, marketing, and more to give you the insights and stories from today's best founders for tomorrow's best founders. Awesome episode with Patrick Sammy, who is the CEO and founder of Span Health, which is really helping people unlock longevity in their life. I love talking with startups in the healthcare industry just because they literally are applying new methods, new thinkings, new way of thinking um, to how we approach longevity, health. Um, I really love talking to people like this. I've been following Patrick and Ant Span on Twitter for quite some time now, probably like four months or so. Great follow, I will say. Um, and so it was really great to get him on the podcast and actually get to have a conversation with him to kind of how the idea started, some of the hurdles uh, that he's overcome. Uh, one of my favorite topics that we discussed was like, what, what are the differences between, you know, the United States entrepreneurship um, ecosystem and the UK entrepreneurship ecosystem because he's located in the UK right now. Awesome answer. Um, really enjoyed speaking with Patrick. It was really just an insightful conversation on what Span Health is doing. So I'm super excited to bring this episode to you guys. If you like this at all, please give me a follow. Please give me five stars in the app in the iTunes store. I always mess that up, uh, but appreciate it, guys. Let's dive into the episode. Um, so Patrick, thank you so much for joining us. I'm super excited to learn a little bit more about Span and learn a little bit more about you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Before we get started, I always got to ask our fun little kickoff question. And that would be, if you could be in any movie, what movie would it be? Oh, that's an interesting one. Um, I don't know if there's a movie about uh, like a, a famous uh, philosopher in the old uh, Roman Empire, but that would probably be it. Um, let me find a better movie maybe I'd like to be part of. Mm. Yeah, there's nothing that comes to mind. Uh, but yeah, anything like that, that's quite, uh, I guess, inspiring or like uh, Marcus or a movie about Marcus Aurelius or something like that. I feel like those are like always my answers. I feel like it would just be so fun to like put on like those costumes and stuff and like carry on like the big sword. So those, that, that is always my answer as well. <laughs> yeah. um, I do want to learn a little bit more about you. Can you tell the audience just a little bit more about yourself and Span Health? Yeah, so um, I'm Patrick. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Span Health. Um, I started the company a, a year and a half ago out of my personal experience, uh, trying to, to improve my health and, and seeing different things uh, related to health and, you know, the, you're just generally speaking, your quality of life when you start um, aging more rapidly, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for me, uh, and I think a lot of people who are athletes in college and, and before in high school um, and kind of stop playing. So I played tennis uh, since I was seven and you stop doing that because you're never going to be a pro. You're, you're doing that because you love the game and, yeah. and you have a, you're studying on the side, uh, which was my case. I was studying engineering. You mm-hmm. kind of see your health being impacted by that change. Uh, when you start um, being college athletes and going to start your first job. And even more, if that job is being an engineer and sitting at a desk for 10 to 12 <laughs> hours during the day. So as you can imagine, that, that was definitely a big trigger for me in terms of um, I can see that my daily mental clarity, how I perform, my energy levels, everything that you want to have as someone who is a high achiever, who is a mm. founder, entrepreneur, VC, you know, anyone who's driven, it was a problem for me. I, I definitely wanted to keep optimizing, but that, that wasn't a a search for 
um, extreme physical performance or fitness uh, anymore. Um, I had definitely put that on the side and I didn't know what it meant to optimize for health and, and how do you feel your mental clarity, your energy levels, how do you make them as stable as possible throughout the day so you can perform for at least 10 hours and all these different things. And, you know, and, and, and not just biohacking, like not just the external stuff, but how you make sure that the foundations are so strong then mm-hmm. yes, if you do have that one uh, coffee that's, that's fairly low in caffeine, maybe uh, in the middle of the day, uh, it's, a, it's a boost. And you know when to have it to maximize these things, uh, but not focusing too much on like supplements and taking too many things. So very much on what you can control, your diet, your sleep, your exercise. And so I did that myself and um, I met in the process my co-founder, Adam, who was a friend, uh, helped look at this data that I was collecting from all my devices, my Apple Watch and all these things. And as many people, I was in this situation where I was looking at the data and I was like, okay, it's changing in that direction. Okay, that maybe there's, there's a few correlations I could see with yeah. alcohol after dinner. And then after that, I was like, okay, I have all this data, but I still don't know what to do with it. What's the bigger picture? What do I change? Mm-hmm. for a couple of uh, weeks, month, what's the, the new habit that I can implement uh, that's going to help me really improve. And I was just rereading yesterday um, um, the, the book uh, Atomic Habits. And book. yeah, and, and there's a lot of concept around that. And like, you know, how do you uh, fast track your journey through the value of disappointment and make sure that you're using tracking as a way to validate that what you're doing is working and reinforce yep. that uh, you're, you're making progress or you're not making progress and basically um, try to accelerate that journey. And for me, data was that, that answer, but if it had mm. to be used in the right way. And so I think Adam unlocked that for me in terms of knowing in the science, what are the things that you need to look at to see variations that are positive when you're doing something that's supposed to be positive that you're changing in your lifestyle. And so he did that for me for six months. We, skyrocketed my mental clarity Let's my go. energy levels uh you know it's not like everything changed from one day to another it's six yeah. months or so but it's incremental progress that we, we saw continuously exactly like uh james is describing in the book and and I, I think it was fascinating to me that uh there was this whole world of there's actually science behind these things that people do like wearing uh you know blue light blocking glasses and, yeah. and all these different things that people are trying these days um, and to know and to be able to test what, where to incorporate these things in your lifestyle is super important, but it's not as easy as saying, here is the plan for the entire population. You should all do this because we, I think, figured out in the last 10 years that personalization is key. Mm-hmm. And if we are so different that not all the things will work for all of us, that makes the job really difficult because none of us came with a manual. We are just <laughs> bored. We have no idea how our body functions. Uh, and we just learned that, you know, as we age and as we were trying different things. And so I guess the process for me was to say, how do you accelerate that, that learning? And how do you make something, a product um, that allow people to understand that as quickly as possible? And that was a result of obviously me learning with Adam about my health. And yeah. so we started the company uh, a few years uh, after, a year after that. Yeah. Nice. So it was taking all this data and like actually saying, Hey, these blue light glasses actually helped you sleep longer or not having caffeine in the middle of the day actually helps you sleep better as well. Um, is that kind of the essence of like what you were doing, actually making, here's the data, here's what you should do with it. Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, you know, 
if someone joins tomorrow, if you join Spam tomorrow and you say, um, I've got my Aura Ring or Apple Watch and yeah. it's telling me that this is the part of, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in improving sleep. I know that's a big thing that I need to work on and mm-hmm. I don't really, really know where to start. And so I think part of it is just looking at the right metrics and prioritizing them and saying, we know based on the science and all these things that we've collected, what are the ranges? And we're going to tell you, well, you should prioritize the number of interruptions yeah. throughout your week of sleep. My problem or my area of improvement might be completely different from yours. Mine yeah. may be that I'm sleeping eight hours and I'm consistent at that and my interruptions are okay, but actually my deep sleep is really low, so low that I'm not actually recovering. And huh. for you, it's not a problem. Interruptions yeah. are, are the highest one. And so the science has different interventions that will improve those different metrics. So we'll have different things that we need to do and that we recommend to be able to increase those different metrics. And so I guess the prioritization and then the translation of, you know, okay, if that's the metric of focus, what yeah. are the things in the science that can help me move the needle is the, the job that we, uh, that uh, our customers hire us for. Uh, the way we, we solve it today is we've got a mobile application where you, you basically sign up for the program. We match you with a health coach, someone who's a human is actually going to be with you all the time. They look at your data, they go through that process of analyzing your data, prioritizing those metrics, giving that feedback to you, and then coming up with the first experiment, which is that first change that we're going to make for two or three weeks to one of your diet, sleep, and exercise uh, in, 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 in some way. Mm-hmm. And so they'll set that up on the app. You'll see exactly your experiment that you're running now, and then the data will start changing over time. And so every day you'll wake up and see that score changing for the experiment that tells you you know, how successful it is at actually improving that metric that we're interested in. But also you can see obviously how all your different data points are uh, variable during that period of time. So maybe that improvement on sleep has also improved my performance. And that's something yeah. that would be interesting to correlate. So being able to look at that period of time during the experiment and comparing that to your baseline for every single metric that you have would be super useful. So that's one of the things that we're doing to help explore. And your coach will check in every week to make sure that we're seeing progress, to understand what to do next, and maybe to adjust it, maybe to drop that experiment, to move to another one, and sometimes to double down because it's working so well that yeah. maybe there's something that we can do twice a day instead of once a day and, and to improve uh, those things overall. Mm-hmm. I'm curious overall, like of all the, like, the experience that you guys have like ran, like is there one that like has like stood out where like one, like if one meditates, like it's correlated with like amazing amount of sleep and a great recovery score. Is there like one data point or one exercise, I guess, that people are doing where it really positively correlates to how they uh, perform, I guess? Yeah, and I'll give you the two extremes, but there's there's the ones that are not like diagnosed uh, because our members don't have medical conditions. But in that instance, when we see that the respiratory rate has a weird pattern that indicates something like mild sleep apnea or they're not breathing uh, from their nose and, and that has an effect on how they sleep. Um, that, yeah, that's something that's fairly obvious to see in the data. And so if yeah. you see that, you're like, okay, experiment is mouth taping. Literally going to place a piece of tape, surgical tape on your mouth. You're going to sleep <laughs> with it. And it's incredible because when you see that in the data and you give the experiment, you, you see two to three nights, uh, the, the data changes completely. And people message us and say, that's the best thing ever tried. But really? it doesn't work for everyone. You know, maybe for you, you don't have that problem. And so yeah. being able to look at the data and say, mm, there's a really, really good chance that that's going to work is actually really powerful. Uh, and then the, the feedback is instant. 
And then you've got things like progressive muscle relaxation, which mm-hmm. is a sort of a mindfulness exercise where you're trying to relax your body while you're trying to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. And that allows you to fall asleep faster. So it increases, um, decreases the amount of time it takes you to, to, to fall asleep, but also increases your deep sleep in many instances. And that's one of the, the, the feedback that we've received recently and what we can see also in the data, obviously, for people running that experiment, that it's been quite successful. And uh, it's a new one we introduced a couple of months ago. So it's also surprising that you know, we keep adding stuff that <laughs> medical advisors and, and people in this crowd recommend. Uh, and uh, some of it seems to be working really well. Nice. And I, I mean, we I talked about it in like kind of introduction that like just healthcare companies in general, like there is just like so much disruption to be had. I mean, what part does span health play in optimizing uh, the term like biohackers? I mean, what what part do you play in this role to help understand the optimal sleep that you can get or the optimal procedures to take? Yeah, I think that's the ultimate goal is to be, bring mm-hmm. as much clarity as possible for anyone who has the data. There's, yeah. uh, there's 65 million people in the US who have a, a wearable <laughs> and are actively using it. That's huge. And I think just looking at some of the studies overall on wearables, but also knowing what I've seen from anecdotes of our customers and people around me, that they don't pay attention to, it's like there's this curve for the first week, you look at your Apple Watch data on health every day or maybe multiple times a day. And then for the following three weeks, you kind of drop off and you look at it a couple of times a week. And then after that, it's either you stop wearing the watch or you wear it, but you don't pay attention to the data because you just don't know what those variation means. And should you be even in that range or that one? And if you Google it, uh, you'll find three different things. And again, they're not personalized. So what's my range? You know, when when I'm running, based on my max heart rate, what's my zone that I should be in to be able to reap the benefits of a specific type of heart rate zone uh, for longevity and a health span and all these things. And so, yeah, I think that's the, the hardest part is to really unlock that data in terms of uh, what it means for you. And mm. so being able to present that in a very clear way with like some really cool data visualization that you know allows you to open the app and say, okay, this is where I'm at. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, also allowing people to have better focus and to say, mm-hmm. right now I'm trying to improve my deep sleep. Let's focus on that and have that as a primary thing that we're looking at not being distracted by too much data. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's interesting, obviously, to be able to explore that. And that's still a, an ability that we have. But we also want to make sure that we're working on one thing. And you know, that's, uh, again, back to the Atomic Habits book. It's really important to be able to build one thing at a time that's fairly yep. small uh, instead of changing your whole lifestyle and, and not necessarily being adherent to that in the long, long run. Um, so yeah, that, that's one of the things we, we definitely want to do. And I think where we also play a role is some of these interventions has science behind it, uh, but it's not necessarily as robust. Um, I'd say 80% have a lot of uh, data and 20% are a little bit more recent. They have some data that in any case, you know, that it can work in some groups of people, but these groups of people are not um, precise enough today, not precise yeah. to a level where you can say, if you're joining tomorrow compared to Patrick who's joining tomorrow, you're better suited for that experiment. And so it's more like we both have to try it and then we'll figure out if it works for one of us. And so we want to get to that level. We yeah. want to produce our own data set that obviously we're looking already at the statistics of how our experiments are performing, but we want to do that in the future with um, 
university partners where we run specific programs and oh. maybe like what I'd love to do is do that with athletes. Uh, I think it'd be super interesting to work. Uh, we know someone who's working, uh, one of our partners, she's working on sleep with athletes in the NBA, the NFL. Oh, it's yeah. super interesting to see that, you, you know, I don't think we've ever, you know, maybe in the last uh, five years, but before that, we've never really thought about optimizing someone in the NBA and their sleep. Yet, if you like look back and listen to some of the interviews that where journalists or, or people ask, what is Michael Jordan doing to yeah. perform at his best all the time? These guys, they own every single aspect of their health and lifestyle. They mm. always mention, you know, all these things that they're doing on a daily basis. And this routine is something that they're constantly testing. And yeah. I think more and more now also measuring uh, something uh, to, to see the progress. And um I think that's the reason why, you know, the devices like the UR Ring or the Whoopshop are super popular also with athletes. And uh, we'd love to be able to do that, to, to run those things with them. That's what I also think just with, in the past five years, I feel like there's been a huge shift in general with like the Whoop Strap, your, the Aurora Ring, the eight sleep bed. I mean, 10 years ago, this wasn't even a thing. And I feel like there's been a huge mind shift, mind shift switch in athletes and people that want to perform entrepreneurs, VCs that want to understand, okay, here's the data and here's how I need to apply it to like optimize my sleep and my mental clarity. Um, what are some of the factors you think that has played into that is, yeah. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, and I, I keep thinking about this, but my uh, understanding of how things changed recently um, if you look at the, the availability of data, I think in, in the past, we just, we just didn't have real time data. We, yeah. we could measure, you know, you could go to a doctor's office or, uh, maybe a sports clinic and mm -hmm. they would measure your VO2 max and your peak heart rate and, and all these things. So you could do that in, in different settings, but definitely not at home continuously. And then you had like the chest straps and the first mm -hmm. Fitbits and you had the heart rate and steps and. It's interesting to measure those things. And, you know, I think uh, over the a long period of time, over a year, maybe, if you start doing different changes, you can see your heart rate, uh, your resting heart rate changing. Yeah. But, it, you know, your peak heart rate and all these things are useful for different things, only mm -hmm. if you can trust that the margin of error for that measurement you got was good, was good enough. Yeah. <laughs> I think the chest straps have that, but they're not as user-friendly as something you wear on the wrist. And yeah. I think that's the thing that, that changed. We got to the accuracy that we had on chest straps on an Apple watch today. Yeah. And that allowed everyone to have access to that data in a super user-friendly way. And because we had the accuracy of the heart rate, for example, we were able to get all the data points thanks to this accuracy, like the variability between those beats. So you have 10 different beats in your heart What's the variability of the intervals between those beats? That's how heart rate variability. Yeah. And that gives us a lot of information because this actually changes when you, you have physical or mental stress. And mm -hmm. that's incredible because if you do like 10 minutes of exercise versus uh, 60 minutes, yeah. you would see that that market change uh, more or less. And then you would also see it go back to baseline once you recover. And I think everyone measures this now. Eight sleep, whoop, or mm -hmm. uh, the Apple Watch. Anyone will start focusing on that. Uh, I've spoken to a lot of people who say that uh, HIV is the, the cholesterol of our generation, that everyone will pay attention ah. to it. That would be bad in some ways because you, know, you always need the information, the education to leverage it, but also it would be great in a lot of ways because a lot of people will optimize different, different aspects of their health uh, using that metric. 
I'm not sure if it's true, but I do <laughs> think it's a really, really important metric um, and, and that we need a ton of education around it to really understand what it means. And the education means also, this is what we don't know today. Um, and yeah, I'd love to see more science, more data around that. I know every single wearable maker is working on that. Uh, a lot of researchers do, and we'd love to also partner with them in the future to, to help move that, that needle and, and help people better understand what these markers are and what uh, people can expect when they see those markers move in a specific direction yeah. in terms of long-term outcomes. Because that's the most important thing. Like you, mm -hmm. It's cool to see a number move in the right direction, but <laughs> you'd like to think that that direction also implies that you're going to be able to live with a great quality of life later on in life. And that's the goal that we all have in team, that all of our members in the community, our customers, and people who are in our larger community, uh, who read ad blogs and so on, have. They all want to be 90 or potentially a centenarian and be able <laughs> to run. And being a centenarian, that's not the average lifespan, um, no. but, but it's something that we can reach. But being able to run when you're 100, I think there's a handful of people who do that. And yeah. so if we can figure out the path to get there for you know 80% of us, I think we've, we've, we've succeeded. And that's definitely one of the things that, that we want to achieve this time. Yeah. That's what I feel. This is, we're just at the huge, we're just at the, like the cent, the bottom of like a huge tidal wave that wave that I think will actually come through as you see more athletes partnering with like the whoops, the auroras, um, the eight seats, the spans, uh, once these young athletes see that, Hey, Patrick Mahomes is on whoop. Like I need to be on whoop as well. Um, I think there's gonna be a huge tidal wave. And is that who a majority of your consumers, I mean, are they athletes or who, what's kind of the, the consumers that are on span right now? Yeah, we've got a, a couple of uh, pro athletes testing the product, but more as partners. Um, I think we only have one member right now who's a pro athlete. Everyone else is just an everyday athlete. Yeah. So someone who's proactive about their health, wellness, and fitness, who cares about seeing progress and making sure that they are leveraging. They're often busy individuals, so they, they, they want to make sure that, you know, like, like myself as an entrepreneur and probably yourself, we yeah. don't have necessarily a lot of time to allocate to making sure that those aspects of our life are, um, are used to the maximum mm -hmm. potential so that we're re-leveraging that small amount of time we have to dedicate to our health and fitness to be able to reach 80% of the, the benefits we could get by just doing a little bit more work. And so that's, a, that's actually a difficult job to figure out what to do. <laughs> want to get there. And uh, <laughs> that, that's what our customers uh, also sign up to just bound for it they want to outsource that work they, yeah. they are people who are so passionate about it that they would they, they are doing it themselves right now and it takes them a lot of time to listen to <laughs> tim ferris and joe rogan when he yeah. has guests on health and and peter atia and huberman david sinclair mm -hmm. matthew walker and they listen to all these podcasts and try to ingest that data to figure out what to do next and they just want to outsource that because you know that's not necessarily something that uh, they believe um it is necessarily useful for them to do uh, if yes. someone else with the right credentials, the right credibility and the trust that they can build with, in our case, our coach and our, our overall medical team uh, can bring as well. And I think that's what they found is that we have a, a pretty solid team when it comes to the clinical and coaching side and, um, and you know, technology will follow. <laughs> that's what I think is like so intriguing for Span is like you're getting paired with a health coach. I mean, I have the whoop, but like I don't have anyone to tell me what this data means i can kind of interpret it but 
I definitely do not have <laughs> any medical yeah. background at all. So I think that's actually one of the most intriguing parts of SPAN is that one-on-one -on -one coaching to interpret the data. Yeah, I think the, the coaching is really what we believe in. Uh, I, I think I, I personally seen that in my life, you know, as a tennis player, I still have a coach today. I think it's, it's really important for me as a, an entrepreneur to have that sort of accountability to someone mm -hmm. And to know that I had to go and, and play and there's another human on the, on the other end waiting for me. Um, and it just increases my adherence dramatically. So um, I, I believe it's a really powerful uh, way to increase uh, behavior change. And I think the combination of the coach and the data, because the data in, in, in the data and the tracking is also a, a form of increasing adherence to behavior mm -hmm. change. But the combination of the two is just incredibly powerful. When your, <laughs> your coach comes to you and say, look, your HIV is increasing. We've been doing this for the past month. And since you've started on Spaniel, Deep Sleep, and all these things have increased. Awesome. And, and you have that person that tells you, like, congrats, man. We've done all that work <laughs> and it's paid off. Let's That's go. incredible. <laughs> because the data is saying that and the coach is congratulating you. Uh, it's like you, your best health-focused friend, basically, that, that gives you some, some feedback uh, continuously. And so I, I, I think that's really powerful. Um, and I think uh, a large majority of uh, the 65 million people who have a wearable today uh, can access something like a uh, like span because, you know, they already pay for a personal trainer or yeah. a health coach and nutritionist and all these things. And we're slightly cheaper and focused on more continuous mm -hmm. and long-term experience. Yeah. So that's something that uh, a lot of people can access, but not necessarily the large majority of Americans, I would say. Yeah. And so that, that's the job that, that we have to do in the next uh, two years is to make sure that uh, we are building something that's uh, scalable, but not necessarily accessible uh, to the majority right now. And we want to make sure that the data set that we're building allows us to create more opportunities to expand the product and to have yeah. an offering that maybe would be for people who are self-driven or need the accessibility, um, could use potentially the recommendations that are automatically made. and you know, get something that's so accurate that again, you're skipping that value of disappointment because <laughs> the recommendations are so good thanks yeah. to our data sets that you see the progress almost within the first few weeks. And we're also really good at showing you based on the data, whether the metrics are actually changed when you're doing something. And so we can, we can show you that change as quickly as possible. And if we get to that, I think we have probably one of the best behavior change tools uh, and also like just behavior generation tools. Uh, because uh, the change is one thing, but if you don't know what you change in the first place, obviously you don't know where to go. So yeah, that is definitely the goal is to make it more accessible over time. And uh, you can see us right now as building the Tesla Roadster and you know, yeah. building the Model 3 in a couple of years. I love that. I love that. And we are kind of running out of time. I have a few more questions. Um, I'm really curious. So you're in London right now. Um, what are some of the differences between the entrepreneurial... Um, ecosystem in London compared to the entrepreneurial ecosystem in the United States? What are some of the differences that you've noticed? Um, that's an excellent question. And I keep thinking about it. And I think um, there's probably two fundamental differences. One is uh, just cultural, yeah. uh, European culture in general, and, uh, and American culture are, are very different. Yeah, And I think that implies a lot of things in how people will do business. And yeah, I mean, so many things, basically everything but business. <laughs> so I think this, this, this will always be something that's part of how people do business for startups too, 
Although I think there's probably a lot more globalization in how those things are being done. Uh, a, lot, a lot of the reasons why that's the case is because a ton of successful entrepreneurs in Europe end up raising their Series C or plus. Sometimes yeah. at some 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 stage, they end up raising in the US, and so they have that exposure. They see how things are being done. They come back. They enjoy invest here, and they start cool. changing how things uh, work. And so they kind of take the best of both worlds. I think that's probably happening everywhere around the world, uh, outside of the US. But the other thing is also the maturity of the ecosystem. And so, yeah, coming back to how many entrepreneurs are successful, come back to angel invest and become VCs and, you know, that ecosystem in the US, but it's, it's almost the same if you compare Silicon Valley to the rest of the US. Yeah. You have a lot more maturity there on, on that side. And it's, it's obviously very focused on a very specific industry. I don't think it's necessarily entrepreneurship for all industries, but in technology and in a specific type of consumer and B2B uh, tech companies, they have a lot of maturity around that. They, they know the things that other investors here wouldn't necessarily know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's incredible to see that because you're pitching to investors and you're seeing the kind of questions or uh, skepticism and risks that they identify. And they, they have a completely different perception when you're talking to someone really? in the US because of that maturity. Yeah. When you're pitching to someone in Silicon Valley, they've seen your model. <laughs> <Probably> <laughs> they've been around for a long time. Uh, 10 times in the last 20 years is the bare minimum if you're doing something very, very specific. Otherwise, they've probably seen thousands of times, thousands of times. <laughs> um, and, and I think they're able to, because of that maturity and having seen all these companies, to know that it's not because all the, the previous 100 people have not succeeded that you won't, but also yeah. able to say, in the approach you're taking, you're not doing anything fundamentally different from the 99 companies before you. Yeah, seriously. And sometimes it's fine because the world has changed. So the context yeah. is different. <laughs> and so the same thing can succeed. And timing, I think, is a big thing. But also sometimes it's related to just uh, you know, the strategy you're taking. And there's a lot of different things that are interesting there. I don't think European investors in general would have the same level of understanding unless they spend a lot of time uh, with companies, you know, in the last 20 years across the U S and the UK. That is a very interesting perspective, just the maturity. And you're right. I mean, Silicon Valley investors have seen this business model a hundred times, uh, 200 times, 300 times. So it's really like, Oh, we've known what succeeded, but that perception also has to be really nice to like give that feedback because they have seen it before. Yeah, definitely. I think it's, uh, it's super useful to get someone, um, someone who's, a an avid investor or advisor or, or partner in some ways in the US um, give you feedback because you always get a uh, different perception, different lens. And so, um, yeah, it's super useful. I think it, it's some, something that uh, everyone who's seeking investment should, should do. Um, and maybe maybe also outside of the US, by the way, and outside of Europe or outside of your zone, basically, just to, <laughs> to see how investors in other places see it because that might give you some sort of information or signal on how other markets are perceiving your idea and maybe you're missing out on something. Um, I know for us, obviously we're based, a, a, a few of us are based uh, in Europe. Um, I was in the US before, so I'm kind of yeah. you know, in between. And I think, um, I, I think at the beginning, we didn't see how different the consumer 
uh, enthusiasm for health and fitness products and wearables specifically was in the US compared to Europe. And it's crazy how delayed those things are. And if you mm -hmm. speak to any investors in the US who came to Europe and started investing here, they will all tell you that for specific markets, consumer health is one of them, uh, but consumer in general also, the trends you see in the US are always the first. And sometimes you see some you know, emerging uh, innovations in Europe, but traditionally not in consumer side. The, the behavior of consumers dictates, I guess, how those markets move. And the US is always going to be first there because you know, largest consumer market, not in necessarily a number, but in proportion of people and, and average spending. That is super, super interesting. Um, I could expand on that a lot more. We're running out of time. I'm curious, though, last question. Uh, what are like three habits that you think are like best beneficial to you? Because I'm, I'm always wondering, like, how are these high performers? What are they doing? Um, so what are some habits that you are that it's like, those are the habits that I'm betting on to help me succeed, essentially? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. And I keep building. So uh, you know, my, uh, I keep stacking habits every time I find something that works. Um, one that I discovered recently is morning light uh, exposure, mm. um, natural light. So um, as soon as you get out of bed, um, open the curtains or go in another room and look at natural lights, um, ideally with no windows, no screen. And, um, and I think that, that, that provides the um, right rhythm to your, yeah. uh, your biological clock to really understand this is the beginning of the day and avoids mm -hmm. having this like sort of a, a jet lag where you go to you go to bed and you have trouble falling asleep because your body's clock is kind of delayed um, yeah doesn't know yet you know because you if you spend 30 minutes in the dark every time you wake up it's sort <laughs> of confused and, and then you've got blue light from the phone and, and all these things so yeah that's number one morning night exposure the second one is uh mobility and flexibility training um mm. and that doesn't mean just yoga that means specifically you know yoga in some ways could be useful for that, but I think specifically different types of uh, exercise and how do you measure uh, success uh, there is super interesting. So that's one of the things that uh, Adam uh, is really helpful with. And the last one would be um, nutrition. And uh, specifically, I would say, making sure that uh, I, ha I am eating according to what I'm doing. I guess and being mindful about that uh, and i'm trying to learn what's my best cycle here i'm trying different experiments basically on how much calorie i take into in a day if i'm sitting here and recording 10 podcasts during the day or <laughs> if uh, i'm going to be you know playing tennis for two hours tomorrow and then taking a train and then you know being more physically active i guess interesting yeah i love that and yeah, those are three habits that I, the mobility one and flexibility one is definitely one that I need to be way more mindful of and the light exposure and nutrition one. Um, so that was great. Um, but Patrick, yeah, we are like winding down. Thank you so much for joining us. Where would be your awesome, where'd be the best uh, point to reach you? Would it be Twitter, LinkedIn? Um, you can plug it all where people can find you more. Yeah, I mean, all of these are uh, Twitter and LinkedIn, but I'm super active on, on Twitter. I'm just uh, at Patrick Sammy, um, S-A-M-Y. You can also just uh, go on Span Health. We've got a ton of stuff on the website. We, we publish uh, blog articles that Adam spends uh, hours on and then podcasts and a ton of cool content. So it's uh, www.span.health. And, um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Thank you for having me.
Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. And I will endorse you on Twitter and the blog because I've checked them. I've been following you for a while on Twitter. Super excited to have you. And your guys' blog is phenomenal. I will say it is very well researched. So Adam does a nice job on that. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that's great to hear. Perfect. Well, everyone, those links will be down below. Patrick, thank you so much again for joining us. You were awesome. And <laughs> this is an awesome product. I'm super excited to watch you in the future. Thank you.